Welcome to Motherhood in Black, where we discuss all things parenthood from the unique black perspective of a millennial mother, growing, learning, and unlearning on this journey of motherhood. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Motherhood in Black. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Javon Shumpert, and she's going to be discussing a few topics in relation to motherhood today. And I just want to say thank you, Javon, for being willing to be a guest on the show today. No problem. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) All right. So we're going to get into our first segment, which is Mom Rant, anything that either one of us have to vent about parenting motherhood in general. So I guess I'll go first. I was thinking about something this morning. My mom rant is I get so annoyed when, so I live in a house with, to preface this, I live in a house with my parents and my brother. My brother has three children. And I just get annoyed when, you know, other parents try to, discipline my child but then they don't say anything to their child for doing the same exact thing and and just gets on my nerves (laughs) and I'm just sitting there like really and I've been getting frustrated with having to parent someone else's kids like I only have one in the house with me right now but I'm really a parent of four (laughs) living in this house so that is my stressor right now trying to manage discipline and parenting and child rearing amongst other people and other children who are not being raised in the same manner that my child is being raised in. Whew, that felt good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you have a lot of layers there, right? It's like a multi-generational household, and then it's like multiple uh, family units within like a larger family sharing space. So yeah, I can't imagine. But my mom rent, I would say is my daughter's listening ears. They just seem to just, I don't know what happened to like my little sweet, good listening baby, but these days, <laughs> yeah. these days, it's, it's been rough. It, it's been rough. And I've really had to check myself on how I respond. Um, And so I know we'll be talking about like conscious parenting and positive parenting later on, but sometimes it's hard to be that, that type of parent. And I feel like I'm being tested. And so I have to kind of put myself in a parent timeout and, you know, sometimes walk away from certain circumstances. So I won't respond in a way that goes against um, my belief system as far as uh, raising my child. So that has definitely been an ongoing challenge, I would say since like maybe three years, six months. She's four, by the way. I feel, I feel you on that one because Harper's the same age and mm, those listening ears. Now she tells me if I tell her something and she doesn't hear me, because I just mentioned this one day, I was like cleaning out her ears. She's like, my ears are dirty. I couldn't hear you. And I'm like, <laughs> that came back to bite me in the butt (laughs) oh yeah yeah glad to get that off my chest feel a little bit lighter (laughs) moving on in the episode Mm -hmm. so now we're going to get into the topic of the day which is why um javon is here she's actually a little an expert on a few topics um i wanted to talk to her about being a single parent and also about um, conscious and positive parenting, as she mentioned before. 
But before we get into the topic, I just want to give you all a little background on Jovan. So I'm going to read her bio. All right, Jovan Shepard is a human woman, daughter, mother, sister, therapist, and womanist. She is a native of St. Louis, Missouri. Jovan received both a BA in psychology and MS in clinical mental health counseling from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, Aggie yeah, Rye. So <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say it right if you're gonna say it. Yes. <laughs> a historically Black college university. Devon is currently the owner of Becoming Growing Learning LLC, where she specializes in working with folks in early adulthood, women's issues, racism, and those having challenges with anxiety and depression. Javon is LGBTQIA plus affirming. She has a special interest in Black women and how their intersectional identities impact their lives and mental health. Javon is an advocate for Black children and positive Black parenting. Yeah, I feel like that deserves a clap around the <laughs> Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's like my first time hearing it aloud from like somebody else. And it's just uh -huh. like, oh, okay. <laughs> it is me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as I mentioned before, today's topics are single parenting and conscious and positive parenting. So I guess what we would just need to first talk about, Javon, what is conscious and positive parenting from your perspective like how would you define it what do we need to let the audience know to understand exactly what it is for those who aren't familiar with it yeah so from what I've gathered and what I've kind of put together for myself is um, not being your child's first oppressor um, and so that also involves like being able to extend yourself and your child grace um, and not operating from your ego. And so I know a lot of times when we hear ego, you know, it's kind of thrown around, but what that really means is being able to respond in a way that's from love as opposed to because somebody hurt your feelings or because they're not saying something in a way in which you would prefer for them to say it. And so I have an example of that. Um, recently, um, my daughter was playing hide and go seek with uh, my mother. And so I'm really close to my parents. I actually moved to Indiana to be closer to my parents to help with raising my daughter. And so recently they were playing hide and go seek. My daughter um, went to the basement looking for my mother. Um, and she was actually down in the basement with my father. So my daughter yelled down the steps, Nanny, are you downstairs? And my mother responded and said, no. Of course, she was joking and whatever else, but my daughter, she's four and she's a concrete thinker. She knows the difference between the truth and a lie. Right. So in response to that, my daughter responded and said, Nanny, you're a liar. <laughs> and so I was not around. <laughs> I was not around when this incident happened. Um, I think I was upstairs, but I wasn't near where all this was taking place. And so a few days later, I was on the phone with my father and he asked me to kind of have a moment and he wanted to talk to me about something. And so um, in so many words, he told me that he felt offended that my four-year-old daughter was using the word lie or liar to her grandparents. Um, and so that led to us having some discussion about you know, what that looks like and what my parenting looks like versus what their parenting looks like and figuring out a way that could both work for all of us. And so that made me think of just what you were talking about at the beginning of the show with your mom rant, as far as parenting other people's 
as children and everybody parenting differently, right? Right. And so that led to a discussion with my father and I talking about like, I know that growing up in my black household, that saying the word lie or liar is like a cardinal sin. That's something you don't do. You say, tell a story, tell a fib. And then you can't even, even if it was to happen from an adult, you still can't say those things to an adult. Right. And so where my parenthood is different, right? So I allow my child to say lie or liar or, you know, telling the truth, things like that. And so I had to go to my community and figure out the best way to uh, respond to this, right? Because I didn't want to respond to my father out of ego, but then I also wanted to let him know that my parenthood is different and I allow the word lie to be used in my household. And I also explained that when I respond to my child in certain ways, I have to check my ego and figure out, is this really disrespectful or is she just telling the truth and just being a concrete thinker? Right. And so, um, so that's just an example of like conscious parenting and figuring out, you know, how to address that. So when I say I went to my community, I went to one of my mom friends and talked it over with her. I also went to, um, I'm in a conscious parenting group on Facebook and I was able to um, kind of put that in the group and we laughed and joked and got some um, understanding from them. I had a similar situation. Uh, My mom doesn't like it when Harper says, yeah, when she responds Mm -hmm. to anybody. And I read an article somewhere that said, you know, children are still developing auditorily at this age. So they're not being disrespectful. They're just acknowledging you said something, but I don't know what you said. Like when kids say, yeah, or huh. And I told my mom, I was like, you got to stop her from doing that. And I was like, and I sat there and I think I said, mom, you know, I understand what you're saying. I don't think Harper's trying to be disrespectful, but I can't stop her from doing it because I say, yeah, when I talk to people, yeah. how can I stop my child from doing something that I do? And I try to explain to her, I was like, she's not being disrespectful. Like she's doing what she hears and what she sees. And she, she's acknowledging that you said something and maybe she didn't hear you and you just need to repeat the words to her. And I told my mom and I was like, I understand that that's disrespectful to you. And, you know, if you want Harper to change that, you know, maybe you should say something to her. And I did talk to Harper and I said, you know, Nene doesn't mm-hmm. like it when you say yeah to her. So just when you say talk to Nene, make sure you say yes instead of yeah. yeah. So it's really hard, like navigating the conscious mm-hmm. parenting. And, woo, yeah. mm. Especially in these yeah, same thing. household. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so the same thing. Um, I ended up having a conversation with my child and, you know, I told her, you know, in our house, we can say lie. And I just told her, I said, you know, Nanny and Papa, they don't like it when you use the word lie or liar around them. So I was just like, so when you're at their house, make sure you say telling a story. And she was like, well, the next time I see Nanny, I'm gonna tell her that she told me a story. And so, <laughs> so the next time that she saw my mother... <laughs> <laughs> she definitely did. <laughs> so, yeah, so parenthood is funny and it, it is definitely a tango with figuring out like how to interact with other adults mm-hmm. and then also how to maintain the freedom that you want your child to have without dimming their light based on, you know, the perceptions that they would receive from other people. Right, right, right. Agree. And I, I just remembered another topic I wanted you to talk about. So Javon is here for three reasons. <laughs> uh, when you said free, I was like, oh, duh, raising a free Black child. Um, yeah. you know, me and Javon are social media friends. So I've seen her post mm-hmm. about raising a free Black child. And I've heard about it with um, 
Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith talking about raising their children as free, free Black children. Like, what? What is that? What does that mean? Uh, so that's been a goal of mine, like, since I found out that I was pregnant. Like, even when I made my pregnancy announcement, I said that I was going to raise a, a free Black child. Um, so when I think of a free Black child, I think about just the ability to be autonomous, the mm-hmm. ability to make mistakes, the ability to um, express themselves and not to have to, um, like I talked about earlier, dim their light, the ability for them to just be themselves and to be human. And I know historically for, for various reasons that you know Black folks have raised their children with an iron fist and not being able to uh, do certain things because that could very much be life or death. Right. Um, but I really want for us to kind of change that narrative and for us to be able to, while we do want our children to be, you know, aware of what their brown or black skin means for the outside world, I also want them to be able to be free. Right. And so, um, right. So that looks like for me, being able like if we're out in a store and she's having a moment allowing for her to have that moment without me feeling the need to have to control her in that moment you know I I just want for her to have the same freedom as any little white child right Right. so why can't my child be out in public and have a fit or why can't she be out in public and talk to strangers or you know say hello or Mm -hmm. you know be her natural bubbly happy self um and so it's not my job to try to try to control her it's my job my job to assist with guiding her through this life and so that's what raising a free black child looks like for me okay now listening to you say that I'm like hey that's what I'm trying to do with Harper because I've seen people like that and I'm like I don't know what that is I don't know if I'm doing that I'm already trying to be the (laughs) positive parent and I don't know if I could be a free black child raising parent but I think <laughs> looking at it now, they kind of both go hand in hand, yeah. you know, just mm-hmm. trying to let them have that autonomy and like discover who they are as a person. Yeah. I haven't had the opportunity to have Harper like have a moment in the store yet. Or maybe I have. I think I have had a moment. Harper went to the store recently with me by herself. It was just me and her. And she mm-hmm. was just having a moment screaming in the in the cart. And I know if my husband had been there, or if somebody else that would have been there with me, they'd have been like, uh-uh, we got to go. We got to leave. Because I think as a Black community, the way we've raised children, we're embarrassed. Like our children are a reflection mm-hmm. of us and we don't ever want them to embarrass us. But I tell people all the time, kids are trying to navigate emotions that we as adults yep. are still trying to learn and they're years mm-hmm. behind us. So we have to give them the grace to learn how to operate under these emotions. Definitely. And so just kind of back to the the conscious parenting piece it's um I follow a number of different people but um someone I follow on Twitter I can't remember her handle but um she talked about from no I think it was actually from the conscious parenting group but they talked about our ability to um extend grace to our children and how we as adults we do so much throughout the day we make so many mistakes throughout the day and mm-hmm. nobody comes for us, right? So nobody says, oh, you dropped that pen. Oh, you dropped that you dropped that glass and you made a mess or you did this or you did that, right? But yeah. then it's like, why do we do that to our children mm-hmm. when it comes to them, you know, making small mistakes and things like that? And so it's, it's to be very mindful 
of yeah. the way in which we're responding and interacting with our children. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm trying to, uh, I thank God for my husband. He's like coming over to the conscious gentle parenting because like I'm learning it and I'm like teaching him mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of uh Harper kind of threw it back at him one day because he's always he's the one that's like Harper needs to finish all her food when she sits down I'm like no if she's full she's full if she wants to come back to it she'll come back to it or if mm-hmm. she's like oh I want to try this and she doesn't like it he was like no you, you asked for it, you need to eat it so one day he picked up some chocolate that I had and he tasted it and he didn't like it and he was going to throw it away and Harper was like no daddy you have to finish it you asked for it <laughs> <laughs> so I'm yeah. like see EJ you see what I'm talking about so like mm-hmm. that it really comes into play and adults we don't think about it because you know if we think about if we did something wrong if our boss were to yell at us and berate us or pop us we'd be ready to throw some hands right back exactly <laughs> so, exactly you know we can't get mad if somebody was to hit hit their child and their child want to fight them back that's natural instinct so I I totally get it and I'm I'm trying to you know teach my husband as I'm learning which is a hard process but I'm learning things right so I even being in that conscious parenting group it'll be like certain things that would come up certain Mm -hmm. subjects from moms and they'll be like no that's terrible to do and I'm like oh well I do that you know (laughs) like (laughs) not even realizing that that doesn't fall in line with conscious parenting right so it's definitely a journey and not a destination Mm -hmm. um so as cliche as that sounds but it it's not about being the perfect parent it's just about being a good parent totally agree and you have to give yourself that grace every day Mm -hmm. and kind of look at yourself through your child's eyes because some days I'm like man I was really bad to Harper and but the next day the next morning she's still crawling up in my bed good morning mommy mommy I love you so I'm glad so forgiving yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wish it could last forever yeah. All right. Um, now that we've talked a little bit about the topic that Javon is going to discuss, we're going to get into the thick of things with the Q&A. And I have a few prepared questions that I want to ask Javon. Mm-hmm. And if some come up, then we'll ask those just to make it a natural conversation. But as I mentioned before, Javon is a single mother. So me, I'm not one. So I want to know, what is it like being a single mother? <laughs> uh, so wow. being a single mom... <laughs> Being a single mom is, uh, it's tough. It is. Um, I think I'm fortunate enough in a way that, you know, I'm not rich, but, you know, when my daughter came along, I did, you know, already have my master's degree, you know, so I was able to, you know, take care of us in a way. Um, but I am a single mom just about an every every sense of the word as you know I am financially responsible for her I you know daycare pickup drop off bath time all of that is is on me always has been on me and whatever help that my parents or my brother or his girlfriend are willing to help with you know I am more than happy to take it but primarily it's it's all on me and that is a lot of pressure um and just learning that you know, the importance of that village and, you know, and sometimes that village is different, right? So I have a village that, you know, I have friends that will randomly, you know, send me money via cash app or, you know, my parents, they'll do, um, you know, daycare drop off 
things like that or I have friends that will send clothes or whatever you know because daycare is expensive children are expensive right so even though I make it happen and I don't depend on anybody else to make it happen um, it's always nice when somebody decides to take that load off for you because it, it does become a lot I also wanted my parenthood to not be viewed as struggle and to destigmatize the idea of being a single parent um you can be a single parent and still raise great children you can be a single parent and still have a great life right and so you know while it is hard parenthood in general is hard it's also rewarding right it's also um rewarding to know that I'm doing this by myself and we're good like she's happy she's healthy you know she has friends she has activities things Mm -hmm. like that so it's it's just a different type of parenthood but it's it's still parenthood right Right. and so um now that she's getting older she's becoming more inquisitive about just the way that different families look Mm -hmm. and so we were having like different conversations about you know, she asked about her dad who was not involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm starting to have to answer some questions about where he is and what his name is and things like that. Um, but then I also didn't want to put it as though we're at a deficit because there's not a man or a partner in our home. Right. Um, right. We are still a family. We're a family of two. And then we extend that to my parents and my brother and his girlfriend, then that family gets a little larger. Um, but yeah, so just kind of framing it that way, as opposed to like, we have somebody missing as opposed to, we are just a two, a two family home and it's a mom and a child, no different than, you know, a family that is, you know, two moms or two dads or a mom and a dad or whatever the combination may be. Mm -hmm. It's a family. So to tie in with, um, talking about being a single parent, do you think, I don't want this question to come off like insensitive or anything. But just me, my daughter is raised in a two-parent household, and that's all she's known all her life, even before me and her dad were married. But do you find it easier not having to confer with somebody when it comes to raising your child, like with decision-making? Because I just, I ask that question because for me, sometimes it's like, I want to do things a certain way, but Mm -hmm. I also have my husband to confer with because he's in the household. This is his child too. We're doing this together. And sometimes I just want to have like that takeover spirit and like, I got this, let me do this. So for you, do you ever think in your mind, like sometimes like, I'm glad I don't have to confer with anybody or is it easier? What is your take on that? Um, So yeah, I I don't take that, take offense to that at all. Um, You know, I've had many conversations with various friends that have different situations. Um, So I would say yes and no, Um, because at times, it would be nice to have somebody to confer with and that, you know, I don't feel like it's all on me to make these decisions. And how do I know that I'm making the right decisions? So like when it comes to her education or when it comes to like addressing things at daycare, like I have to go in and be like the ABW, right? Because I have to go into this very like white space for now anyway and you know address my concerns where in those situations you know I have friends that have husbands and their husbands are able to go in and kind of make those concerns and kind of you know level the playing field where they don't have to be the ABW and for those that aren't familiar with the acronym ABW it's angry black woman so no matter if we're angry or not 
if you're an assertive black woman you can easily be viewed as an angry black woman which is fine I just accept it but (laughs) that's just an example um but yeah there there are times where I'm like I'm good like I'm glad that there's even if there's like a co-parenting situation sometimes I'm like you know I'm kind of glad that it's not because I can move how I want to move. So, you know, I've moved from Georgia to Indiana and soon will be moving to North Carolina and there's no interference. Right. So I have that freedom to do so. Um, So it's not all or nothing to answer your question. Got you. I understand. I just always wondered like what it is like like to make decisions on your own but it is good to kind of have somebody even if it's not a partner or co-parent to have some bounce ideas off of because Mm -hmm. there is no manual and everybody is still Mm -hmm. (laughs) learning how to do this thing yeah I'm sure everybody's gonna look back in their parenting and like see some mistakes because even talking with my mom now she's like looking back I wish I would have done this with y'all and da, 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 da. and I'm like mom you, you did a good job I, I didn't come out too mm-hmm. shabby I feel like I don't have right. any childhood trauma that I need to navigate through so I think you did a pretty good job and I tell my husband all yeah. the time my goal is to raise Harper with as little trauma as possible from me <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. the things that I can control that's the goal mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's something like it like we all it's inevitable right your child will leave childhood with something that you did not necessarily do right or that they agree with right but we just do our best so how do you navigate dating with having a child (laughs) it's the facial expression for me (laughs) uh yeah they get me in trouble all the time um (laughs) dating that's an interesting subject uh it can be a challenge dating in general is a challenge (laughs) I wouldn't when I was dating more I would say um they would either I mean it's been like different stages of her development and just depending on where I was living so like I did date when she was an infant and um, you know, I had limited support back then. And so she would come along with us and that would kind of be, we would look like a family. <laughs> and wow. So that was, that was a very interesting experience to have, I would say. Um, and so it was like weird because he was a dad also. So he would like come in and kind of like help me out. And that was, it was like, cool to be able to see that that's what life could look like where you don't necessarily have to do it all alone mm-hmm. um so I would say with that situation that was like a cool experience to have and another dating experience um we literally just went on dates all the time and that was a little bit of a challenge because um I live an hour outside of like a major city and he lived in the major city so that was a little bit hard with navigating that and figuring out who's going to pick her up from daycare um, because I lived I mean I worked out in Indianapolis and he lived in Indianapolis so it was just easy for me to like meet up with him like after work things like that so yeah so that becomes a challenge so for me parenthood has been little to do with like the challenges of dating it's been more so like proximity to um good mates so So have you dated since your daughter has been like 
more aware now? Because I know you remember, I mean, you mentioned she was asking questions about her father. So have you dated mm-hmm. since she's been like more aware of like, oh, mommy is interested in somebody and, you know, I don't even know what a four-year-old mind or a three-year-old mind yeah. would think, but have you? Yeah. How has that experience been if you have? She's met some like people that she know that I was like maybe talking to, but I have not like I've been single for since her father. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, um, so she's like seen me on Facetime with like men, getting to know them and things like that, and I'll just say this is mommy's friend, and she'd be like, okay. (laughs) So it's nothing more than that. so yeah, so she hasn't like seen anybody. And sometimes she would ask like, is that my dad or whatever? And that gets a little awkward. Right. Um, but <laughs> that's another story for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but otherwise, uh, there hasn't been anybody that's been consist- consistent enough for me to have to do a lot of explaining. Right, gotcha. Yeah. All right, so we've talked a lot about our parenting styles, like how you are raising your child. So how were mm-hmm. you raised? What was your parents' parenting style? So my mother was more of the nurturer, the, you know, the very like affectionate parent, um, was very much there, you know, as much as she could be between like working and all of that but yeah I could I could go to her about many things she was not a perfect parent there is no perfect parent but I would say that she was like a really great mom um very supportive still very supportive mm-hmm. um my father he was supportive but he was also a spare the rod spoil the child type of parent right it, that became the beginning of like when you're a child and you're like, well, when I become a parent, I'm not going to do right. X, Y, and Z, right? <laughs> and so um, I was one of the last children. So of course I got less whoopings than maybe some of the older ones, right. but I still got whoopings. And most of those whoopings came from my father, which I did not agree with um, at all. Um, and I'm also like anti-corporal punishment for children. And so that was the making of me becoming um, against corporal punishment um but yeah so he was like he was the person with the iron fist he was the disciplinarian most of the times um and so our relationship it took a while and he's technically my my stepfather um but he's been the person that's been around my entire life um and so our relationship to me took longer to develop based on that type of parenting style because it was like do what I say or do what I say, not as I do type of parenting where it took a longer time for us to develop a relationship. And now like, that's, that's my dog, right? That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> right. But it took longer to develop, I think that relationship because he was the disciplinarian um, and that, you know, that what's the father's name from um, Good Times? Uh, mm, Florida and Joe. James, James, James Evans. There you go. Yeah, so he was like a James, a James Evans. Uh, and yeah, so it took us a while. So he's like more gentle these days, you know, as he's getting older. But mm-hmm. and so he's great with my daughter. 
but back then he was a lot <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the same way like I'm kind of teaching my parents how to interact with um my daughter because my dad even mentioned before um he was like yeah with Harper you know you got to talk to her and explain stuff to her and you know then she'll understand and I was like wow <laughs> this is my dad like, and I appreciate yeah. I appreciate them for being willing to like change and to try you know something different so yeah mm-hmm. I, totally, I totally see that <laughs> so what type of uh household did you grow up in I grew up in a similar household like my dad was I, I feel like me and my brother were scared of my dad growing up and not because he was mean and now looking back as an adult my dad was an introvert or is an introvert so he's mm. always been quiet into himself and my mom is the extrovert bubbly one and all that stuff so you know we were like closer to my mom because you know we were her babies my mom wasn't supposed to have kids and um both of my parents disciplined us, you know, we got spankings, we were putting time out, we were grounded, stuff was taken away from us. Yeah. Um, Punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I would go to my mom to talk about stuff and I still do this now. And it's just because of, you know, how I was raised with my dad. Like, like I said, he was more to himself, even though like I'm, I've opened up to him more as I've gotten older and I'm able to mm-hmm. talk to him, but it's just always been easier for me to go to my mom because we were just always up under her. And now I see where Harper gets it from because she's always up under me. And like <laughs> I've, I've told my parents before, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, you know, the way I was raised is not the way that I want to raise my children. But I personally, like looking back at it, I haven't talked to a therapist about this or anything, but there's nothing in my childhood that my parents did that um, caused me any conscious trauma, like that I feel like. Um, and just let me see that, you know, I don't want to raise my child like that in fear. I don't want to like put my hand out and then my child's like jumping because she's scared that I'm going to hit her or anything like mm-hmm. that. And I want to be able to like have those conversations and explain t- to her like why she can't do certain things and why things are going the way that they are. Or if she asked to watch TV, say you can't watch TV right now because X, Y, and Z maybe you can watch TV later and, you know, not just yelling at her and raising my voice at her all the time. Cause me and my mom, as I got older as a teenager, so I started talking back. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like, uh-uh, why is this this way? Like, I'm the type of like, explain it to me. Like I need explanation. Right. So not because I said so. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, I feel like, you know, typical black household, Christian household. So it was, you know, it was, it takes a village to raise a child. And in the sense that I'm gonna be just like your mama, if you do something, I'm gonna get you. So yeah, that's, that was my, that was my raising style or my child raised child, not child ring, but that's how I was raised. (laughs) Got you, I got you. (laughs) What have, if anything, what have you had to learn or unlearn to be successful in your parenting style with being a conscious parent, with raising a free black child, is there anything you've had to unlearn or anything that you've had to learn? I've had to unlearn operating from my ego. Mm-hmm. And so um, not being easily um, annoyed or easily offended by things that my child does and not necessarily taking it personally. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of parents operate from the ego, right? Um, and even when it comes to corporal punishment, it's like, well, you made me mad 
or, you know, that type of thinking, you know, you didn't do what I told you to do. So therefore you must be punished. So just a lot of that type of unlearning, um, learning to forgive and forgive fast, um, you know, where, you know, I, I do my best not to hold a grudge if my child does something that I do not like, you know, um, where we, you know, we, you know, I let her cry, cry it out or whatever. We have our moments and um, being able to apologize is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we apologize to each other all the time. She'd be like, I, you know, I'm sorry for not, not having good listening ears. And I'm like, it's okay. I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And so I just say that it's like a, constant cycle of like forgiveness and love and acceptance so it's just ongoing and so we're constantly hitting that reset button I've had to learn that with Harper as well like apologizing to her and telling her why I'm sorry I think recently I like raised my voice at her and it was because I had told her to do something probably like 10 times and she didn't do it and the last time I yelled at her and she got upset and she went and did what I asked her to do. And I think this happened like in front of other people, other adults in the house. And then she came, I came back to her and I was like, Harper, I apologize for yelling at you. I shouldn't have gotten upset. And I was wrong for doing that. And, and I've also learned to apologize, not saying I did this because you didn't do this. No, I apologize. Mm-hmm. No, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I should have stayed calm and I'm going to do better. And I did that in front of my sister-in-law and she was like, huh, I'm never apologizing to my kids. <laughs> but <laughs> in my mind, I was thinking like, oh my God. But I just, I've realized like, it's the things that I do are can be wrong or offensive to my child. And one of the reasons why I want to be a conscious parent is because I think back to how our ancestors were treated when they were enslaved and for some thinking about like punishing my child or even hitting her or spanking her, that takes me back to that. And I don't want to put myself mm-hmm. in the position of those people who were like tormenting my ancestors. And I feel like I'm perpetuating that cycle if I, if mm-hmm. I choose to like punish my child and beat her and stuff like that. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be a conscious parent. And I just, I don't want, you know, Harper to be afraid of me. I want her to respect me, but I don't ever want her to be afraid of me, like to touch her or to talk to her, her to come talk to me. I don't ever want her to flinch or, you know, be scared or anything like that. So that's my, that's my my learning and unlearning. And I feel like, like you said, it's just a daily constant cycle (laughs) of Mm -hmm. apologizing and understanding and just recognizing what you have done wrong and how you can uh corrected like I feel like I'm constantly reflecting on what I'm doing as a parent and I feel like that's what makes you a conscious parent is just being aware of what you're doing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. definitely and um I really like what is her name her name is uh Stacy Patton Mm -hmm. I believe um and so she has a lot of extensive research on um on black children and things like that I believe she has like a PhD in African-American studies but she is like a a dope person to follow on social media and um, she talks about like the concept of childism and how you know we treat people little people um, as less than human 
because they're smaller than us, right? So we hit them because they're smaller than us. We yell at them because we're they're smaller than us and all of these other things. And they are deserving of the same treatment that we would give any adult. Yeah. Um, and so she actually has a book that's called um, Spare the Children. And so I have not read it yet, but I know a good bit of it because I follow her and I have been following her for a couple of years. So I also incorporate the things that she teaches into my parenting. It's a, it's a lot. And I feel like, like even listening to you talk, I'm like, oh, I need to do some more research. I need to look into stuff even more because mm-hmm. parenting is really, really hard. And for EJ and myself, it has been really hard living in this house because of all the different people. There's different kids being raised differently, different generations. Because I mm-hmm. had this conversation with him and I was like, when we were living in our own place, we never had to talk to Harper as much as we talk to her now. Although she was younger, and I just look back between moving here and living on our own, like I feel like we never had to talk to her as much, and she wasn't like getting into as many things. But I think because she sees the other kids here and the way that they're able to move and operate is not the same way that she does that makes it difficult because she's battling between like listening to my parents, but we live in this household, but we're still our separate household. It's a lot for her. And, and that's one of my motivations. Like I'm so ready for us to buy a house now, please Lord. (laughs) 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 Because I feel like at this age, these are really like her foundational years of like Mm -hmm. who she is and who she's going to become and how we can like establish like our relationship with her and, you know, living here, we haven't been able to do that as much because there's just so many, you know, different people, so many hands in the pot and we're doing the best that we can, but I'm just like, Lord, I can't wait for the day for us to get out of here so Mm -hmm. my baby can be free. (laughs) Yes, no, that's real Um, because even though we were on our own, maybe up until she was six months, I moved in with my parents initially when I moved to Indiana and that was it was nice in some ways because it was like somebody else that can take the child. Mm -hmm. Um, But in other ways, after a while, you know, I noticed that I needed to be on my own again and be able to raise her in the way in which I see fit as opposed to still being in somebody else's household and having to, you know, navigate that. And then it's like also living with your parents as an adult, there's still this, this hierarchy that exists. And so that can sometimes diminish your, uh, your power as a parent right. and your power as an adult. Um, and so that was definitely motivation to uh, get on out. And mm-hmm. so I did that for like a year and a half, got what I needed. I appreciated them <laughs> and I kept it moving. <laughs> I guess that's in the instance, I'm grateful for my husband because there's been plenty of times he's had to say to people, because like my sister-in-law, she's Japanese. So there's also a cultural thing there. So um, they're very, you know, disciplinarian, corporal punishment. And at one point the kids' playroom was downstairs off of the kitchen and the kids would like go in there and play and then they would leave. And my sister-in-law, she just didn't, didn't like that. So um, she would get a wooden spoon from the kitchen and tap it and be like, y'all need to hurry up. And my daughter was so afraid, like so scared. And like whenever they wanted the kids to do something, they would pull out the spoon and Harper would just flip out crying, screaming. And she never wanted Mm -hmm. to like go in the room and clean up. She didn't want to be around. 
my sister-in-law and I was like I would tell people like don't do that Harvard doesn't like that nobody listened to me but fortunately they listened to my husband he was like we're not raising Harper like that we're not gonna beat her with a spoon so if y'all have a problem with Harper you come to us and we'll handle it because we didn't like that like I don't want my child to be a scared to be a scared to be afraid of a wooden spoon and I'm like y'all are traumatizing her traumatizing her and now that Mm -hmm. has built like a a gap between her and my sister-in-law she doesn't really like whenever my sister-in-law says anything to her she like shuts down she runs away she runs to me because my sister-in-law has already built that foundation of putting fear in her instead of Mm -hmm. you know love and compassion and understanding so right I thank god EJ spoke up because that was I was like, this is too much. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah. But I'm glad to have him to, you know, advocate for, you know, our parenting style. <laughs> and last question, just to wrap up the Q&A, what keeps you on track with your, with this parenting style of being a conscious parent, raising a free Black child? Like, what keeps you on track? Because sometimes, for me, sometimes I feel like so frustrated and I'm like, throw this out the window because it requires me to do so much work and even my husband and I we were talking we're like raising a child makes them a mirror and we just get upset at the things that we see in them that we see in ourselves that we don't like and Mm -hmm. sometimes I just want to throw it all out the window and just be like whatever um so what actually keeps you on track and motivated to say I'm going to constantly do this every day (sighs) Uh, so I definitely have those moments as well Mm -hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when you announce that you are like a conscious parent or you're raising a free black child you have people that are waiting for the day that you kind of break from that and uh, give in and want to do corporal punishment and things Mm -hmm. like that Um, I haven't gotten to the point where I like want to do corporal punishment but it, it is to a point where it's just like man you know if I yelled this will probably move a lot faster (laughs) (laughs) can I just raise Um, my voice just a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah so I think taking care of myself allows for me to stay in the fight um and allows for me to be able to uh keep that in mind as far as like what my ultimate goal is Um, also I've worked with children, uh, for a number of years, you know, in various capacities from substitute teaching to mentorship to therapy and all of that. And I see what poor parenting sometimes can look like, you know, or what other styles of parenting can, can turn out to be. Um, so that definitely motivates me to, you know, do the very best that I can to be aware of the way in which that I'm parenting. And to not do it just because it was done to me or, you know, constantly be in a state of like feeling like our children are deserving of punishment for Mm -hmm. just being children. Um, And just also just having awareness of, you know, I want her to be a great functioning adult that doesn't have to unlearn a whole bunch of stuff. So similar to what you were saying, right? You know, so I I want her to go out into the world and to be a free Black woman eventually. So I have to be able to shape that now. Yeah, I totally agree. For me, like, I think what keeps me on track is, like you said, apologizing. Realize it's a cycle, like giving each other grace, you know, in this time, during this situation. And then I also think about, like, eventually I won't have to be so... I guess in words like hands-on like 
Harper will be, be able to be more independent, be more autonomous. Mm-hmm. And I won't have to be, you know, like, because our struggle right now is her doing her morning routine, like brushing her teeth, washing her face. Oh my God, Ooh. I have to brush her teeth and she breaks out crying. And I'm like, girl, I bought you a whole toothbrush. I have an app on the phone. You get stickers. <laughs> I give candy. I, I give like a couple M&Ms. Like if you get through your bathroom routine in the morning, guess what? You get a few M&Ms. It's, I don't want to brush my teeth. I don't want to do this. Oh, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> and then no. it's hard for me because I look at um, my brother and his wife and they have three who are seven, four, and two. And they get up, brush their teeth, wash their face, get dressed on their own. I got to follow Harper around like, okay, this is next, this is next, this is next. And I'm like, why can't you do this, Harper? <laughs> but it's just for me, staying on track is like that reset, having grace with myself. And then also not taking on everything as a parent, since I'm fortunate to have uh, her father to like, hey give her a bath hey can you fix her some food (laughs) and be willing to like accept the help from him because I'm sometimes I'm just like okay I can do it I can do it I can do it I can do it one thing that's also been hard for me and I've learned to accept like just not caring what other people think because people have thought that EJ and I have been weird and raising Harper the entire time because we didn't give her solid food until she was after six months and she was breastfed mm-hmm. and we did cloth diapering. So people just thought we were weird. And then when she yeah. had baby food, <laughs> hey mama, <laughs> I saw a little head pop up back there. <laughs> but even when we did give Harper baby food, like I made it and would go to Whole Foods and buy her organic stuff. So people have been talking about how I raised Harper mm-hmm. from day one. And I've just accepted that everybody's not gonna like it. It's not for mm-hmm. everybody. And I can just do my best to coach them and teach them on how to interact with my child when they're with her. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's no, that's, that's real. Yeah. You know, I was right there with you on the breastfeeding journey, did that for two years. People were like, when are you going to stop? Isn't she too old? She can talk. Blah, 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 blah. You know? Mm-hmm. I told people when they that asked me a when vegetarian. <laughs> when they would ask me if I was going to stop, I've said, um, at least before kindergarten, before she starts school, I mean... I was like I don't know like this is I'm enjoying this time and I was just I stopped when I was ready so your daughter is vegetarian well technically pescatarian but yeah how is that it's good like I think I I do well with uh making it known of what her dietary choices are or needs are um sometimes I have to like remind the school to because you know they give you like your log that tells like what your child ate and things like that so they'll have like turkey or whatever else on there even though they haven't listed that she's a vegetarian at school and so after a while I had to like continue to say like hey my child doesn't eat turkey why is this on here like I understand that you're copying and pasting but that's going to make me come for you if Mm -hmm. you really did give her turkey because I have conversations with my child after school um (laughs) So little things like that, just making sure that people are adhering to um, what I prefer. Um, And so also, you know, when it comes to grandparents, you know, they love to give snacks and all of those things. So I've had to have conversations about like, hey, you know, I think she's reached her sugar limit today. Like, (laughs) (laughs) let's, let's stop that. 
um, or just having to, you know, just educate people on certain things and reading ingredients because there's certain things like Jiffy that has pork in it or, mm-hmm. um, you know, gelatin that has, you know, traces of pork in it as well. And so um, just constantly educating people and educating her on what she eats and what she doesn't eat. Uh-huh. So, but I mean, she still likes junk food and things like that, but we try to have some type of a balance in all of this. Right. Yeah. So that's the thing is, is that that's all that she's known, right? Uh-huh. Because before she was born, I, I was, you know, primarily plant-based. Uh-huh. So I've been vegan. I've been pescatarian. I've, you know, I've gone back and forth. And so, you know, of course people give me a hard time. Like my father would be like, you know, oh, she's going to want some chicken one day. And I'm like, but she still is not eating chicken. And so we're going to keep it that way. <laughs> right. If she wants to try it, that'll be her decision. But for right now, this is how we're like, right, while she's in my house and while right. she's like this young, no yeah. chicken. But those are all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so much for being open and honest and willing to share. I'm so grateful and it's good to have like a different perspective on momhood and mom life. Also, someone who has this shared values that I have and, you know, see that I'm not the only one out here in these streets no. <laughs> struggling. <laughs> we exist. So you just got to comb through. But yeah. we exist. <laughs> I'm glad that we've connected in the way in which we have no idea why or how. <laughs> okay, so to wrap this show up, we're going to end with a parenting fail or a toddler tale. So we are going to share a moment in our parenting journey that didn't go the way that it went or a moment when our toddlers just made us stand back, and laugh and shake our heads. So there's nothing else you can do. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, my moment was actually recent. Uh, and I think I put it on my Instagram. Harper went outside with her cousin and it was after it had been raining all week in the backyard and she just came back covered in mud on her face mind you not just on her clothes and I'm looking at her I'm like Harper is that mud and I I didn't even get upset I just (laughs) told her to go in the bathroom and then I had this moment I was like this is the perfect time to sing this song you got mud on your face you big disgrace I was like Harper I just can't it was literally mud from cheek to cheek and I'm like how do you have mud on your mouth where you eat I'm like Harper just go upstairs wash your face change your clothes now that was easy no drama there (laughs) she went and washed her face and changed her clothes but that was my toddler tale for this week Harper coming inside with mud and here she comes (laughs) mud? yeah she had mud on your mud? you want to say hi? Hey, we couldn't have a mom podcast without our kids showing up. Mine is uh, recently, my daughter is still in daycare. And so she, she's been in, in daycare from day one, basically. I was very um, adamant about Sana knowing her um, anatomically correct body parts. And so, um, so she uses vulva and vagina. I mean, and she uses it in front of anybody. It's, we, demystified it it's nothing wrong with it right um so one day she came home from school and she tells me she says well Harrison has a big vulva and Harrison is like one of her best friends from daycare and I'm like what do you mean he has a big vulva and she was just like he has a big vulva and I was just like so now that that's not a vulva that he has he has a penis and she's like but he's white 
And I'm like, what? (laughs) So this was like her understanding because she has like some black male friends and I've told her that they have penises, but for whatever reason in her mind, Harrison is white. He does not have a penis. He has a big vulva. And I think that was also her first time like, acknowledging that she was seeing a penis so she didn't know what she was seeing Uh um so yeah that was just funny to me all I could do was laugh um (laughs) and so it just shows that we have more work to do as far as like showing what the male genitalia looks like right (laughs) and so you know comes in different colors (laughs) yes (laughs) I did the same thing with Harper like I started teaching her you know the proper name so that first I had her using vagina but then upon my research I was like oh okay the vagina is inside the vulva is outside so now she when we go to the public bathroom it's just the whole it's the whole thing it's just like I gotta wipe my vagina I gotta wipe my vulva just loud <laughs> yes. and, I'm, and I'm just standing in the stall like yes you have to wipe your vagina your vulva yes you do like it's just the whole thing and then one day in the house similar to you she's just walking around I think we had just had a conversation about it and she walks around and she's like mommy has a vagina daddy has a penis g-dad has a penis nene has a vagina like she was just telling everybody in the house what they had in their penis they have. <laughs> yeah and it's like because because we now uh, you know are more aware that other genders and things like that exist you know now I'm like having to tell her like some boys have penises and some girls have vulvas and you know and just mm-hmm. kind of having that that conversation and starting that conversation you haven't gotten there yet the only the conversation I have with her is like because I watch youtubers like James Charles and Patrick Starr and so she was mm-hmm. like why is that boy wearing makeup I said well some boys wear makeup why is that boy wearing a dress? That's what they do. It's okay. They wear a dress. That's what I'm mm-hmm. you know, explaining to her now and navigating like those questions. My, my, my child is going to be very aware and very well educated. That's, um, and I think yeah. that's a good thing different about like my parenting style. Like I was just growing up, you know, I feel like we were taught to like see those things as wrong and that's not the way it's supposed to be. And I'm just teaching Harper like, it is what it is because we have so many people in our lives that are in the LGB, LGBTQIA plus community, like, and they're her uncles mm-hmm. and they're her aunties. And, you know, it's like, we can't say this is wrong and tell you to love this person. <laughs> so, you right. know, I'm grateful for, for that aspect of raising her and making her aware of things. Mm-hmm definitely educator on that that is it for today's episode y'all i want to say thank you again to our very special guest javon for sharing her motherhood life with us and letting me know that i'm not the only one out here with these struggles not at all i will be sure to put anything mentioned in this show in the show notes and any links Thank you for tuning in, listening, watching to another episode of Motherhood in Black, and I will see you all in the next one. Bye.